All right, welcome to another episode of Comic Book Squares. We're going to be talking to another artist today. My name is Shane. I'm Paul. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Let's get the show started. All right, Stephen, welcome to the show. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell everybody about your book? All right, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Steve Prince. I am the writer and creator of Monster Matador, a post-apocalyptic kaiju throwdown about a matador who fights monsters to make a better world for his daughter. Uh, Very and cool. it's as wild and crazy as, as it sounds. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I read I read through it to get prepared for the show, and okay, uh, it's cool. really the artwork is really really cool. I love the the style that you went with, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the characters are really great. Uh, yeah, I mean everything about it is really fun. Uh, yeah. I know, I know Ben's uh, chomping at the bit to talk about it. He's like, go for it, Ben. Go for it, Ben. I mean, I I ordered uh, when we first started the show. I was like going through, you know, I was like, oh, I'm gonna get in, into more, you know. Um, I was buying like Image or, or Vault or a few other ones, but I was like, I'm going to get some more indie comics. And I picked up yours. I bought, and just from the, the premise, I bought the whole package. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of them. And oh my gosh, it's like, uh, actually, Shane, you said this when we were talking about a little bit like Predator, <laughs> but, but meets Kaiju. Like just yeah. because of the different characters and you have like, I, I love the different characters. Each one was kind of just, you know, had the uh, mm -hmm. distinct um characteristics and attitude and everything and then uh the, the matador is just I don't know, it, was, it was really fun so i love the story um afropocalypse when we and i hope this doesn't give anything away like we bring in like the a type of zombie you know monster yeah. now they gotta fight it's like <laughs> i love where you're going with the with the series are, are, are you um looking at uh new avenues for the the matador to uh to come back and, and fight some more monsters yeah so we um uh, I'll, I'll touch upon a, a few things you guys mentioned, but uh, we're going to do, um, we just did the Kickstarter for a trade and then we're going to do a, a serialized story coming up called uh, Once Upon Some Monsters in Mexico, uh, where the Matador is going to return to Mexico, reunite with his daughter, and basically the shit's going to hit the fan. And yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's a kind of a longer form story. Um, of them kind of traveling across uh, Mexico, not just fighting monsters, but fighting, you know, uh, when I say in the book, it's monsters of all kinds. So there's a, a cartel that they come up against. There's uh, monster fighting luchadors that that join him. It just gets it just gets wilder and wilder. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we're looking at uh, I, I have a like a partner, a business partner. We're looking at getting the book into stores. Um, uh, we're, we're reaching out to publishers, but we'll see. It's, it's kind of a tricky thing with, with rights and everything. And that's, you know, a lot of us indie guys do indie for a reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned the art because Fabio Alves, who's the artist, uh, he did a book called Banjax from action lab, uh, that's been nominated for Ringo Awards. Uh, he was nominated for a Ringo award for his cover work. And he was not my first choice of artist for that book. Actually went uh, two artists kind of didn't work out, and um, it, it, the the my intent originally was to have a more cartoony style. Oh, um, and then Fabio uh, uh, became available. I'm friends with Ryland Grant, who who writes um, 
who wrote Banjax. And he's like, oh, why don't you use Fabio? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. That's not really what I want for the book. It's not really what I was thinking about. And then I was I was looking at Banjax again. I'm like, well, I'd be stupid not to get this right. You know, You're but then he started, you know, he started, he sent the layouts. He started drawing the book and it's just like something just clicked. And I'm just like, oh, wait a minute. This is actually what the book should be about. Because even though I had humor in the scripts, his, the way he, he brings out those moments, he plays it sometimes so straight that the humor just like, it, it's almost like that's where the humor comes from. Right. That's where, and it doesn't have to be this over the top funny, you know, it's just this kind of like, okay. Cause at the end of the day, you have to, you, you have to make it believable enough that you believe that uh, Matador is actually fighting these Kaiju. And part of that is having that <laughs> kind of tongue in cheek thing going, Hey, you know, like we're being serious, but you know, wink, wink. And, and I think his art kind of brings that balance to it as opposed yeah. to it just being this kind of over the top sort of like, Hey, look how funny we are. You know, look how, uh, so it's, it's interesting how how that how that kind of worked out. I think yeah, I mean the the artwork would have been would have made the story dramatically different if yeah, <laughs> sorry, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you would have went more cartoony style, that would have yeah, that would have shifted the entire tone of the book. So oh yeah, yeah. It, it's and, one of those yeah. you know happy accidents sometimes that happen yeah. where the artwork just comes together in the right way it was supposed to fall into yeah. place. So yeah, you, yeah. It, you went with the right choice. Yeah, and I didn't <laughs> yeah. and I didn't change I didn't change the script at all too. I was just like you know right. let me see what he does with this. Um, and that was Tango the Matadors. Afropocalypse I wrote specifically for him. Mm. Um, but at, by that point, I, I, I kind of knew what he was doing, so I could I could tailor it. I could still bring, you know, there's a lot of humor in it, but now I knew, like, visually, like, okay, I know how he's going to interpret this. Yeah. Um, so that no, was I, that was a lot of fun. I love I love that uh, juxtaposition too, and well, and it goes back to like those again. I can't. <laughs> after Shane said that about Predator, I was like, oh my god, that's what that's what I love about it so much. I think is like the '80s action movies, right? Yeah, where there is that little bit of humor, but they're everybody's playing it straight, you know, the yes, whole time. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think yeah. that's what does make that those funny moments break the tension and feel yeah more, exactly more, yeah more realistic. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Afropocalypse was definitely uh, a love letter to Predator. Oh, <laughs> yes. nice. that's cool. Uh, yeah, that that was definitely intentional there. Uh, but you know, you say '80s action movies. That's Tango of the Matadors was like my uh, canon films. You know, oh, those yeah. like those just you know that that was like the intent is that just balls to the wall, like hit the ground running action, straight yeah. through. I, I uh, try to do a through, different. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I try to do a different theme for each, um, for each story because you know just to keep it interesting. So you know, like I said, like the next one is uh, the matador has to has to face his greatest fear, uh, oh. which is uh, a giant cockroach. <laughs> that's his. <laughs> but it's and and, 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 yeah and it's it's but like it's it's i mean this is great there's there's monster fighting luchadors there's this giant i mean it it just gets nuts but that's part of the fun is that you can just uh you know you can just go crazy with it um and i've been really focusing on doing these kind of uh shorter bursts um you know tango was three issues apocalypse was 65 pages um, this next one, one you know, it, it'll be a longer form series, but it's like uh, stories within stories, mm. you know. So it's not like you're not like getting, 
you don't have to wait six issues for a monster fight, right? Because you don't want to wait <laughs> six issues to get to the monster. I mean, let's be honest about why we're reading Monster Matador, okay? Um, you right. know, so it, I mean, you know, like I, for me, it's very intentional. Like I really like the action is really the it's, but there's a lot of character work in there, but I, I try to do it through the action because I, I feel like if you're reading a kaiju book, right, you're there for the kaiju. No one goes to Godzilla, you know, the, the, like, you know, the hour and a half that they spend in like conference rooms and talking and whatever, you're just like, all right, dude, what, you know, when's he going to step on something? Where's, you know. But we don't have to worry about a budget, so we can just we can just right. do what we want. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. You could do the next one where it's just Monster Matador and the team, like just with tons of exposition for like one episode. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sitting in a conference room planning how they're yeah, going to do the next. Talking about <laughs> a lot of a lot of PowerPoint. Right. Really, really planning it out. That's a good one. You could spend a few pages on him trying to he figure out his greatest PowerPoint. Fear. PowerPoint yeah. presentations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> his greatest fear is public speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he just stands up there for three. It's one of those Bendis pages where he's just like, um, yeah. and then like five silent panels. It's the same yeah. panel. Um, uh, you know, another page of that. Oh my God. I love it. Well, the one one thing for me that really stood out that I, you know, something that I just absolutely loved was, um, you know, your introduction of the team. And I love how diverse and from all over the world that the team Mm -hmm. was. I thought that was just really cool. Was that intentional on your part to to kind of bring the world into this piece? Yeah. So for uh, that's Afropocalypse. I really wanted to kind of open the world and be like, hey, there's this bigger universe here and there's a lot. You know, there's other monsters because a lot of times in these, you just focus on the the micro, you know, the one character and um, the Matador isn't like he's not like, you know, the Luke Skywalker, you know, that's Mm -hmm. not his goal in this. His goal is a very focused thing of, hey, I just want to fight these monsters to make the world better for our daughter. And what Afropocalypse shows is that there are other people fighting these monsters and there are other people doing the whole, hey, we're trying to figure this out where so those worlds are going to intersect and interconnect but you know the matador story is very specific uh but it was just to show that yeah there is a bigger world out there um that you know ultimately like with these monster fighting luchadors we're going to spin that off we're going to do a thing with them and that'll kind of open things up more it's just you know just kind of peeling back those layers um but I, I, I didn't want to do a story of like, okay, because that's typically every story, kaiju story is like, oh, where do the monsters come from? Why are they here? Why are they? Yeah. And, and that's, that's cool. That's fun. But I just, you know, for this, it was like, no, dude, you've got a matador who's fighting monsters. That's like, and, 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 it, and, and, and it, what you'll see in the next one too, is that it brings in this conflict with his daughter. And that becomes interesting because it's like, uh, as a parent, you're like, how do I, how do I protect my kid from the world? Right. And as they get older, you realize you can't. And that's where a lot of that tension comes in. So that kind of brings out because she's like, I want to fight monsters like my dad, which you see a little bit of entangle the Mm. matadors. And he's like, no, I don't want you to be part of this world. Because matador means killer, right? So that's what he is. He's a killer. And he's very conscious of the fact that that's what he does. And he wants to keep her innocence. So, so that's kind of the story that we're that we're telling. Yeah, I very love, cool. I so, love that. Yeah. <laughs> getting deep now, guys. We're getting getting deep. real deep. <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> that's good. That's good. 
<laughs> no, but that I love that depth. I mean, that's that's important, right? I mean, because yeah, if it's, yeah. I, you know, we talk about well, hearkening back to those '80s action movies, they were they're pretty surface level. The the heroes were, but I love that you added some about? more. De- yeah. <laughs> Let off some steam. I mean, that's yeah, what yeah. you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those kind of movies were, uh, you know, um, very surface level characters. I liked how you added more depth to, uh, you know, to the Matador and um, and even in Apocalypse, how you added some more depth to some of the other characters and stuff. You know, uh, you managed to in sixty four pages. So, uh, yeah, kudos to you on the on the writing. Yeah, that's, thank you. Yeah, awesome. thank yeah. you. That that's something like uh, it's 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 one of the things. Uh, I really try, tried to work hard on it. So I'm glad it worked, but it was, even though we have a lot of characters in there and there are these tight stories, we try to give each character an arc, you yeah. know, and not really have, even though some of them are small, some of them are bigger, but they're not just like, I didn't want anyone to just be like, okay, they're just there in the background to get killed off. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, so you kind of feel sense. like, okay, these characters have an arc, so maybe they're not just going to get, killed off right away they're not just cannon fodder because they are kind of maybe leading towards something yeah mm. well it ups the, it ups the stakes when uh you know yeah, they are yeah, in danger exactly. now you care about them yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah they're not a red yeah, shirt absolutely. like in star, yeah. star trek yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> red yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely oh my gosh so just curious what uh what made you choose a matador as your your kind of lead that's just kind of a really unique it's, it's i mean random, he definitely yeah. stands out uh, from the rest of the crew yeah, for sure yeah yeah it's uh it, so I've, I've always had a thing for matadors when i was a kid my uh, uh my grandfather gave me a matador hat uh wow. i guess going way back where he's got spanish blood so i guess that was <laughs> a way to kind of be like hey so i but i've always been kind of interested buy it and i had this period there's a peter sellers movie called the bobo hmm, which man. he plays uh uh the greatest singing matador in all of spain okay. uh, yeah. and i was kind of obsessed with that movie for a while and i i was in this period where i was just writing all my stories involved matadors for some reason <laughs> all right. uh, uh, I, I wrote about i had a medical matador i had all this different and uh <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Oh. Is that uh, issue coming out later? Yeah, it's, it'll be a spin. It's one of the spinoffs we're doing. Yeah, it changes got, the world, man. You know. It's, hey, hey, doctor, I've got this growth. Stand back, I got my show. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, banker, banker, Matador's coming. Yes, banker. Uh, <laughs> That's so awesome. And, uh, but I was, I was literally just sitting around with a sketchbook one day, being like, okay, I'm going to come up with a character. I'm going to come up with like, you know, Batman or something like that. And I, and uh, I had Matadors on my mind, and the name just popped, you know, Monster Matador. And I was like, oh, that's that's pretty. That's you know, it's just as a name, it's cool. But it was the kind yeah. of thing where it's like it just kind of writes itself. Mm-hmm. And um, this is interestingly enough, this is back in like 2007 or 2008 that I did it, that I had come up with it. Oh. And uh, the comic industry was a very different place back then and it wasn't mm. as easy to just kind of you know go online get an artist i mean you could but you were also kind of like you know it wasn't as like uh, i don't know if deviant art or all those places were really up and running to the point where oh, right it was like you can re- you know you were basically throwing a hail mary um <laughs> and uh i just i, I knew I, I felt like i had something with it and i wanted to do the right thing with it 
Um, and again, you know, independent publishers, there weren't really, it wasn't really like now where, I mean, boom, I think was just starting. So it was a really kind of nascent sort of thing. So I just kind of held it in my pocket and it was one of those things where I'm like, well, somebody had to have done this already. Right. You know? Right. Uh, but they had it. And I'm like, I was like not wanting to tell anyone about it. Cause I'm like, this is, it's the most obvious. I mean, it's like the most obvious thing, right? Like a matador is fighting. It's just like, um, and then like, uh, I, I used to work in the toy industry and, um, I got laid off and, and I had a lot of time on my hands. So I started making comics and, uh, I did these other things and I was like, well, why don't I do monster matador? So I actually wrote and drew, uh, I, I meant to just write and draw one or two issues just to kind of like work out the concept or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, my wife got pregnant, so I just didn't have time. So I just kept drawing and then one thing would lead to another. And I'm like, well, after the kid comes out, I'll have all this time. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> that's not, that's not what happens. No. Um, no. So, um, so, you know, all the and free then time after having, yeah, a kid all the free, and, and then I didn't do anything. Then I, then I literally didn't draw any, didn't do anything for like, and the plan was always to get another artist to do it. It was never meant to be me doing it. Cause I'm not like mm-hmm. a, that good of an artist. And anyway, long story short, I had another kid and I thought, Oh, I've got this because I had one and the second one will be like, it, it'll <laughs> get <walk>. easier. <laughs> Um, no. Anyway, no. So anyway, twelve issues later, I, I literally did, you know, which was which is nuts, right? And yeah. but it was fun. But it was like a complete. It was fun, and and then finally, you know, they were old enough. It's okay. I, I've got to do this, and I, you know, I got the scripts written, and and it was. But you know, the timing was perfect because it wouldn't have been Fabio. Wouldn't have, you know? It's just with this kind of stuff. Right. It's like so much, and everything just kind of fell into place. It was like. Because I, you know, to me, it's like, I, I don't know, like, I, I can't see it. Uh, I can't see those stories without Fabio doing them. Um, yeah, and it's just, yeah. it's so it just, it, you know, it, it worked out, um, you know, however many years <laughs> later, you know. Uh, <laughs> was um, meant to be, I mean, it was meant to all click right when it did. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. The kids yeah. thing was smart because that just, you know, wasted five years to, you know, get <laughs> yeah, to the point where I, I needed, I needed to just, you know, I needed that guy. I needed to just like, I needed an excuse to, you know, have a fun, you know. Please don't show your children this episode. Don't let them watch this. Dad's not on YouTube. I, I love my kids, but, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. two or three years of changing diapers is not yeah. really like the most productive thing you could be doing, yeah, you know, right. in terms uh. of like. Um, but anyway, so it worked out. And, you know, those 12 ish. So, you know, Tango is. It's sort of picks up from that but it, it's 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 it, it it's a what i call it is a soft reboot soft relaunch uh, um so uh, and we're going to be weaving those old stories into the new stories um oh, we're nice. going to be retelling the origin because the way i did it was very simplistic so it kind of i, I kind of want to do it again but with tango you know that opening scene he's being carried in by the monster it's sort of like you're carrying the readers being carried into the story dropped mm. in hit the ground and you know, so that that was kind of very purposeful because I just kind of wanted to be like, okay, I'm just throwing you in here, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I so appreciated don't, that like, part of it. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. I appreciated that part because, well, as you pointed out, the kaiju book, 
show me some kaiju yeah, um, yeah, right yeah. off the bat <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, and yeah. then but just dropping you in because then you could save the you know you can have your flashbacks and all that stuff but exactly, i loved how yeah. we just get right to the fighting monster right <laughs> so, yeah 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 i, I was very because i i, I kind of was looking at some of the other monster books and what they were doing and it was like okay where's where's the the monsters you know right. <laughs> or the monsters there but you know what i noticed a lot of it too and and obviously i mean there's reasons for it but they're not actually fighting the monster right it's more mm. about like powerpoint presentations and you know <laughs> sitting in meetings trying to figure yeah. out you know how do we get the monster into this thing so um and it's funny with with the book is that like i'll go to conventions and or signings and, and, you know, people be like, well, what's the book about? And it's like, well, it's about a monster, <laughs> a, a monster fighting <laughs> matador, you know? And I literally, I can't tell you how many people will come back and be like, oh, I, I, I want to get the rest. I'm like, I read it last night and it, it, it's about a matador who fights monsters. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I said. <laughs> no, but he's, he's really, he really fights monsters. I'm like, yeah, no, that's, that's the book. And it, it's a weird thing because it, 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 and I, and I get it because like, it's like, wait a minute, you know, you're talking about Kaiju and a guy and that's kind of part of the fun because what a matador does, it's all about precision, right? He's got to right. find that one spot or that one, because he only gets one shot. Otherwise, you know, the bull's going to get pissed and. Yeah. And whatever. So, and, and, and it, it, it's been kind of interesting. So I, in terms of marketing and selling the book, because no matter how many times I say it's about a man who fights monsters, there's, there, there's like a weird disconnect of like, oh, okay, I get it. It's a monster book with a matador in it. And then they read it. They go, oh no, it's actually a matador who fights monsters. So yeah, yeah. they don't believe you. Yeah. They don't believe, they don't believe it. How is that possible? You know, right. I've been telling you what it is. Yeah. 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 You fool, people have fooled me before. There was monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Not till issue yeah. six. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> going to be him learning how to become a matador for five issues right yeah yeah, yeah right yeah <laughs> training yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah wax on wax off yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. so oh, so oh, i'm sorry man uh, i no. just want to find out so what made you decide to move from toy uh the toy world into making a comic book uh, i was just in i mean i've always done comics i've always loved comics and i've always made my own comics uh and um I stopped for a long time. I kind of like everyone. You kind of fall out of comics a little bit. Yeah. Um, you just kind of grow out of stuff. And and I was still reading, but not like not as much. And and uh, and it was uh, my roommate at the time who was who was pushing me kind of like because I was introducing her to like uh, Paul Pope and like comics like that. And she was kept, she was an artist and she was kept pushing me because I used to draw and she's like, you know, you should draw, draw. So that's where the, the matadors, you know, sitting with the sketchbook came from. Mm. Uh, so okay. she was kind of encouraging me. So that's how I kind of like got back into comics. And then when I got laid off, I needed something to do to kind of like fill the day, you know, while you're looking for a job. Everyone's like, oh, you need to look for a job. But it's like, dude, looking for a job is not like, you know, a 24 hour thing, right? It's like, <laughs> right. I mean, it really... It, it really isn't as as much as people who have jobs seem to want to like make it that way sometimes. <laughs> right. Um, you can only but, send out so many resumes and then. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> only so much you can do. So I needed something to kind of fill the time. So I, I did, I started, I did a, a web comic, like a comic strip called unemployant. 
which is about a uh, an ant who loses his job. <laughs> yeah. An employee ant. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, and that that I did I did like a hundred and fifty of those or something like wow. that. And yeah, but that was more, it was more like because you know just to kind of get back to drawing and kind of, and then I did something. Then I did this. I went a little nuts. I did this two hundred page <laughs> science fiction graphic novel. Oh dang! Wow, I'm an idiot. Why? Why are you saying you're an idiot now? No, no, I, no, no. Uh, that's a that's a, that's a big it's undertaking. Crazy. It's a big undertaking. no, but it was it was yeah. more. Like, it was you know you, it really kind of no. But what it was was I just like I found that passion for comics again, which is nice, you know. That's important. And I got yeah. really excited about it, and that's when I went back to Matador because I always felt like there was something there, and I was like, okay, this is I'm ready for this. I'm ready to kind of, um, and it's been it's been it's been a fun journey. So. But that's kind of where, where it came from. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> sorry. When you were starting, so you did the web comic, and then with yeah. the with the sci-fi one, um, did you crowdfund that as well? Is that no, I know of... that was on. I just did. It was on Comicsology. This was. Oh. Okay. So yeah, this was around when Kickstarter was just starting, and I was looking at Kickstarter. Um. But uh, you know, at that time there it, there was a bit of. Uh, neg- a lot of negativity around it because a lot of people were uh, running campaigns or they weren't being fulfilled. Oh, yeah. And it was still this kind of touch and go sort of thing. And it wasn't until I think a few years later, you know, people like Pat Chan, Charlie Stickney, people like that, Russell No Healthy, like prof- professionals, you know, really started coming in and utilizing that platform. And that started and it became more of a, you know, it, like anything at the beginning, people are still trying to figure out what it is and how to do it right. because like people are suddenly being thrown into the fire of like, okay, now I got to get a printer and I get it. You know, now I got to get a printer. I got to ship all this stuff, you know, like, but now you go into it and there's a big enough community and whatever, where it's like, uh, you know, we all lean on each other and it's like, Hey, how do I ship this? And it's like Gemini mailers. I need a printer. Here's. And, and, and not just, you know, about printing, it's about like, I need a reliable printer, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So, so, so it's, it's, and, and now Kickstarter's is, you know, it's a legitimate platform and it used to have, yeah. you know, the, the thing where, oh, it's just amateurs or whatever, but people are now, oh no, Kickstarter is like kind of where you go because, um, you know, Publishing is is a weird thing, okay? And the comic industry is a really weird industry and and, and not like the best industry for creators. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on what you're doing, what your goals are, how you're doing it, you know, Kickstarter might be the best way. Kickstarter could be a place to start something before going to a publisher, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know... Publishers themselves are, you know, telling creators, go to Kickstarter and then we'll publish your book, you know, because oh. it's, <laughs> it's, you know, um, you know, th- the dirty secret is that, you know, comics don't really pay a lot if they pay at all. Mm-hmm. So Kickstarter has become a, a, a place where you can at least raise funds, you know, to get, you know, to be able to pay uh your collaborators to get some money flowing in to get a print run and things like that. So it's yeah. become a, it, you know, so it's, it's, you know, like I say, it, it, it's a legitimate, I mean, Kickstarter, I think they've said now is kind of, it's like the third largest publisher. If you would 
consider it a publisher of comics That's wow. behind Marvel and DC. <laughs> um, and it and it keeps. I mean, and now you've got Zoop. Now you've got Crowdfunder. Um, so it's 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 becoming you know a space where where enough material has come out and enough where people are like, oh, okay, no, this is actually like good stuff. This is the same level. And and not only that, you know, you're competing against people who are putting out, you know, stuff that's a level of quality of, of you know, Scout, DC, you know what I mean? So like when you yeah. read White Ash, mm-hmm. when you get a, a book from Charlie or, or whoever, that's that's no different than anything you're going to get from Boom or, or whatever. So so yeah. like, you know, if, if you kind of have to step up your game. So, you know, with Monster Matador, like you look at an artist like Fabio, he's a Ringle Award winner, you know. Our colorist Alex F does. Uh, she colors Cult of Dracula for Source Point Press. Oh, you know, so so it's become a place too where professionals are are are, are you know, it's it's no longer like I, I think the impression of Kickstarter used to be it's just some some people making comics and throwing it out there, but it's mm-hmm. it's like a legitimate now kind of publishing and platform for yeah. comics, and and it's and it's you know. Um, being taken a lot more seriously, especially by publishers who are now looking at Kickstarter and, and picking up books directly from there because it's, you know, it's a great R and D for them. Yeah. Well, I've uh, even seen some, um, go to like some of the publishers take some of their stuff and go direct to Kickstarter. Like I saw, uh, Asylum Press was, yeah. was doing that or, um, you know, a few other ones. Um, yeah. Boom. That I was boom, surprised. Does. I was like, Oh yeah. wow. They went straight there. But like you were saying, you know, it's probably a good way to test out a title see if there's interest and then if not you know they're not losing too much yeah i mean yeah if like uh you know if there's a title that they're like you know the direct market is also kind of challenging because you know most stores you know for what sells is marvel and dc right Mm -hmm. and you know that's that's that at least for the time you know for foreseeable future that's where their bread and butter is and um i you know, admittedly, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff. And Kickstarter, in a lot of ways, is a way for a small title to get a bigger uh, audience or mm-hmm. uh, more hype around it than just sticking it in the previews catalog. Right. Because yeah. you could build the hype around. I mean, I, you know, Top Cow did the Cyberforce hardcover in there. And I love, I mean, I grew up in, you know, Cyberforce is a really cool book and I got excited yeah. about that. I mean, that was cool. But I, I can mm-hmm. tell you if, if they had thrown like Cyberforce in the diamond catalog, I probably wouldn't have noticed. You know what I mean? But it, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, th- I think it was kind of like a lot of people like me who were like, oh, yeah, Cyberforce. Yeah. You know, like and, you know, I've got this campaign and, you know, it's signed by Sylvester and there's all this stuff. It's a way to kind of I'm like, I'm a sucker. You got me, you know. <laughs> so for, you know, for things for certain titles like that, it, it's it's a good way for for publishers to really kind of like also, you know, if you announce like, hey, Cyberforce is coming back next month or whatever, you're probably going to get a tiny article and no one's going to whatever. But if you've got a Kickstarter, now you've got this hype for hype machine for a month of, around the book. Yeah. You know, so sense. you can't do it for everything, but, but for, you know, for certain things like that, I, you know, and, and they did, they did, I think two or 300 grand on that or something. So. Damn. There you go. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, I mean, they brought back Cyberforce. I did love that too. Yeah. I mean, well. it's, it's, <laughs> back yeah, in the day. It. So yeah. that makes sense that it did so well because that was awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> the um, 
that's what uh, you know I've, I've seen like so many you know bigger names like using kickstarter not like uh uh james tinian who um you know he's something's killing the children like all this stuff he yeah. just crowdfunded a, a movie on there yeah so yeah 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 did you see that one? Yeah, I saw, yeah, yeah. crazy how people, you know, all these big names in comics now are, are, are utilizing, uh, you know, crowdfunding. But what, <clears throat> well, that's all well and good. You know, um, I always, I still try to, you know, unless, like, there's the cyber forces in there. But I, <laughs> I still try to use Kickstarter <clears throat> mostly to find oh, smaller, yeah, yeah. unknown yeah, me too. folks. Yeah. Because it's just, I don't know, those are the, the people who kind of need the hype build up for yeah them, you know, but it's also to... you know it's also the the books are unique in the sense of like it yeah. really is stuff that you're not getting in the direct market there's a lot of there's a lot of sameness to what's in stores to what gets published yeah. and um it's fun kind of like you said like seeing creators kind of do these wild concepts that might, you know, like I, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm more than happy to back like an interesting fail, like something, someone who's kind of like, you know, taking a chance on something that might not be the most mainstream thing or whatever, and might not be able to pull it off, but that's more interesting to me, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm excited always to fund creators like that. Um, yeah. oh, I hundred percent agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're inside of a, a more corporate environment, like a Marvel or a DC, you know, you've got so many eyes looking at a piece <clears throat> and, you know, if, you know, for example, your, you know, your piece, you might bring that up at, you know, Hey, I'd like to do, you know, Matador, <laughs> Monster Matador. And they'd be like, mm, I don't think there's an audience for that. So like when you go to indie, like there's no other outside voices telling you what can and can't be done. It's more pure right from your mind to yeah. to the viewer. And and here's you know? and so you can yeah. get really interesting stuff that you definitely won't find at, at uh, major players. Yeah. And yeah. here's here's the other thing why I started with Kickstarter and and uh, Pat Chant who does Destiny New York uh, made made a tweet about this on Twitter. He talks about this a lot <clears throat> with his book. He's he's done the equivalent uh, since 2015 of about. Uh, 35 issues of an independent comic series um, through through Kickstarter. He he does these, and there is find me one uh, uh, independent publisher that's carrying a book. I mean, I know James Tinian does some through Boom. Outside, of, I mean, James is is you know he does Batman. I mean, but like someone yeah. like Pat who you know he's got credits, but he's not writing Batman. So you know, are are they going to is is any publisher going to do 35 issues? And, and one of the reasons why I did Kickstarter is I started noticing a lot of creators, they're doing these indie books, they do four issues and then nothing because the publisher is now moving on to the next thing and the next yeah. thing. Or they have this <clears throat> 10 or 12 issue story to tell, but they only get six issues out of it. And, you know, with Kickstarter, at least I can build, uh, I can build a base, I, I can build, you know, enough content to say, okay, now I've got, now I've got you know 180 a trade paperbacks worth. I don't have to wait before a publisher is saying like, okay, well you know maybe we'll get it on their next year or the year. You know I have a lot more control <laughs> in terms of how I can, I can I, I can get the book out there and do the book. You know, uh, because you know a lot of us with these concepts like they're just. You know, they, they mean, I mean, I love this book. I don't know what it is about Monster Matador, but I love it. And I just like the, the, the thought of of losing that control of being like, okay, now I can't do it anymore because, you know, 
Uh, they don't have a slot in their schedule or they want to wait till next year or they want to wait, but you know, mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah. you're seeing a lot of these and, and like growing up on, you know, vertigo books where you had preacher, you had like, why the last, you had these like yeah. stories that, and that was part of the, that, that's what kept me in comics was these kind of, and what made me fall out of it was like that kind of went away. Right. Everyone was doing four issues. So you're doing four issues mm. here, four issues there. And it's great, but it's just these like little bursts. But I would go yeah. to the store every week for Preacher, you know, yeah, or yeah. for whatever. And and I would, you know, that's what kept me in the game. Like, that's what's bringing me into stores, you know. Um, and uh, that's that's what's exciting to me about a lot of the Kickstarter books is a lot of creators like me who are like, no, I'm going to do these. I'm going to do five, six, you know, I'm going to keep these this going as, as long as I can keep it going. And, it, and it's it's fun. It's it's. It's great yeah. to see that. No, it's awesome. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. It's it's rough to see. Yeah, some of these like series that I like or enjoy just because the some of the sales numbers, which is, is it happens. You know, they get the hype for the first issue, and then by issue three or something, the sales numbers are down. So then the publisher is like, "Well, we're not going to finish it." You know, and like like uh, I was reading, oh, and now I'm going to feel like it. Oh yeah, there have been a Um, bunch of books like that. I've been reading Starhenge, for example, and uh, then I saw a tweet from the creator who was like, "They have diminishing sales, so it looks like they might not even be able to, you know, finish it." And I was like, "That's such a bummer," you know. So being able to crowdfund it keeps you out of that. (laughs) Also, it keeps you away from having. They're like, "Oh, how does this fit into our thing?" And we could make it a movie, and then we can make this a TV show, and then we can. Yeah. You know, you're not yeah. Well, that's yeah. I mean, I I, I I didn't know that about Starhenge. I've been reading that too, um, oh, and I know he had a big plan for that. That's that's surprising to me because there's such. I mean, there was a lot of hype around. But you know what's interesting yeah. about Starhenge? If he took that to Kickstarter, he'd probably make three times as much on it. Uh, yeah. See. Um, mm. Than he would, and that and that's that's the benefit of Kickstarter is that like, and again, like I mean, Image not so much, but a lot of smaller publishers, you know. Yeah, they're focused on, okay, are we turning this to a movie? Because we need the thing that we're turning into a movie that we're turning <laughs> yeah. into this because that's where we're getting our money from because we don't know how to sell comics in the, in the direct market. We don't want to market them because you're you're the creator going to market them without a budget, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, it's on you. There's no, no and, and that's the thing. But no, but – and this this is the thing that drives me nuts about marketing and comics because I come from a marketing background. It's like, number one, it's all on the creator. Which is fine. The creator should be marketing comics, right? But if you're a mm-hmm. publisher, <laughs> you should be doing more, like your marketing shouldn't just consist of an ad and previews because yeah. that's not that's not growing an audience. Yeah. Um, you know, it shouldn't be just like an article or a, an interview and bleeding cool. You know. Yeah. It's it's it's, you know, um, but the focus isn't necessarily on the selling comics it's it's getting hype for a comic to get it noticed get that movie deal and then go to the next one yeah i mean that's the that was the whole purpose for this show was to bring awareness to and give it a a voice to these you know smaller creators that like you said you know it's hard for them to get noticed uh out there in the the crowded field so and i'll take a movie show help yeah right (laughs) i I, i'm not i'm not i'm not against it but I, but but no. But what I mean is, it's it's it, it's frustrating. You know, okay, with Kickstarter, we're all marketing our books, and it's great because it's like you're really seeing that passion, and that's what like connects me to it. Um, 
But there are so many books, like comics, that I'm like, I'll find out about a year later, six months later. I'm like, yeah. why isn't there anything, you know, like, or you might get, you might see an article about it or something, but then nothing else. And it's like, I, I don't know. It's hard. I, I don't know. It's, it and, and I get it. Marketing yeah. is tough. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big industry. There's a lot of content. It's, it's a very, it's a very niche art form. Um, mm -hmm. even though we have these big Marvel, you know, the problem is people still think of comics and it's superheroes. Right. But mm. right. And, 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 and I really do wish, you know, there was, uh, you know, like a got milk thing where a bunch of publishers get together and really do like put some money together and really do a big push to like, Hey, this is comics, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. um, you That's know, image does idea. some, some great ads in their books, but they're just in image books, right? Like the, right. the ones, and, and that's like, it needs to grow out of that, but you need money for that. But you know, it's like publishers are the ones that have more money than the creators. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it's frustrating because it, it's always frustrating where it's like, it, it's, it's a weird thing where comics are still associated as superheroes. And yeah. I, I'm, it's fine. I love superheroes. I mean, I'm wearing an Avengers jacket. I'm not like, <laughs> you know, it's not, I'm not, I'm not knocking. I'm not like, but it's like, you know, comics are, it's no different. It's like saying all movies are like horror movies because you saw, because, you know, mm -hmm. there are so many horror movies or, or but like yeah. movies are so much more, you know, but it, it's comics. It's a weird thing where there's, there's like the, maybe it's, it's like so ingrained that comics are for kid you know, for kids. And it, it really, mm -hmm. even with all the gains, all the things it's, it's, there's still this like underlying thing of like, people are always still surprised when, they see something like, um, I, don't, I don't know, like a Netflix show that's based on, like, uh, I'm trying Sweet to think of one that's that is superhero. Yeah. yeah, like Sweet Tooth. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. like my wife will watch it. And my, she loved it. She's like, oh, that's a comic. I'm like, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> that's what and my she girlfriend used to work, said too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, and she used to work on the DC animated film. She used to market those. She used to be in the marketing for that. So she's, oh, she's aware man. of it. But like, even for her, like, you know, DC is like, that's comics, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's so yeah. many, there's so many properties out there that people don't realize are based on a, on a comic book. You know? Yeah. Espe yeah. You know, especially if it's not like you said, superhero based, um, right. you know, you look at, uh, you know, like road to perdition, you Ro know, that yeah, was yeah. based on a Perfect. comic book, yeah, you know, yeah. and nobody in their wildest dreams would imagine that came from a comic book. <laughs> yeah. Death of yeah. Stalin, uh, that movie that came out. Yeah. That was based mm. on that graphic novel as well. Yeah. No, yeah. No. Yeah. There's just well, a ton out there. Yeah. Well, listen, Steve, this was just absolutely fantastic getting to chat with you and get to know you better and yeah, uh, yeah learn more about your book. And uh, I just absolutely love it. So Thank I'm, you. I'm really, really happy that you were able to come on the show. And I, I appreciate you taking the time with us. Yeah, and thanks for having everybody me. Everybody should great to go talk. on uh, to Steve's website. We'll have the links in the, uh, in the show notes. Or if you're watching it on YouTube, it'll be in the description. Go to his website. Uh, I'll have the links there for uh, Monster Matador um and other stuff from steve and then um uh he mentioned a kickstarter by the time this comes out it'll probably be a little bit after that so go to the website you can find books there and uh, yeah. keep up with them on uh twitter as well and we'll have the link to that as well yeah and, and if you want if you're on global comics uh there's a free issue on there you can check it oh, out perfect. too so perfect. that's a good way to that's, get i mean there's yeah. a kaiju fight right at the beginning so right check yeah, it yeah, out yeah, on global, yeah global yeah, comics yeah, and you'll yeah, get sucked exactly, right in. <laughs> exactly. that's right yeah 
Well, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate, uh, you know, artists coming on to our show and, uh, hopefully, you know, you can check their, their workout. Um, be sure to hit that like subscribe and notification bell so we can keep bringing you content like this and we'll see you on the next one.